This is Derek Bros. Derek Bros. This is Derek Bros. of the Conscious Resistance. I'm here in Standing Rock. That man is wanted in five different countries: Chile, Argentina, Brazil. We've been fighting a long time. We've all lost so very much. So many loved ones gone. fucking tease that horse! You are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. Above all, stay alive. You have no idea how important. All right, welcome to the Conscious Resistance Network. My name is Derek Bros. Excuse my camera, it's doing some tracking stuff right now. Uh, but welcome to another broadcast, there we go, of the Conscious Resistance Network. My name is Derek Bros. And as the title of the video indicates, we are going to be talking about my latest investigation, Justice Delayed, which I released last Monday with The Last American Vagabond. It ended up being a three-part investigation. We're gonna go over those three parts today. Um, I'm going to try to keep this video under 30 minutes. And if you have, let's say you're hearing this right now and you only have five minutes. I like to do this sometimes. Here's the five, less than five minute synopsis for those who got to go very quickly. I have been investigating sexual abuse in Utah and within the Mormon church since June 1st of this summer. And in that time, as I started to produce my reports, what ended up being a five part report for The Last American Vagabond which concluded with investigations into the Mormon church. I started to have a number of different sources sending me information about their personal experiences, things they witnessed, things they saw, things they heard. And one of those sources sent me a tape, which was called the true story of Gor Mormon president, Gordon B. Hinckley. Gordon B. Hinckley was the Mormon president back in the nineties until his death in 2008. And he was a very important person in the church. And if you know anything about the Mormon church, they consider their leaders to not just be leaders, but to be prophets. So this man is definitely held up as a certain, you know, a certain type of character and, um, and looked up to by a lot of people. And this tape that I was sent was produced in the late 80s, early 90s. And it involves five different people telling their stories about what they witnessed Gordon B. Hinckley being involved with. They make accusations, including that Gordon B. Hinckley was involved with uh, homosexual relationships, that he was uh, having sex with prostitutes. Uh, those things obviously would be frowned upon by a married man in the Mormon church. But also, most disturbingly, these witnesses say that they witnessed young boys being brought to these parties. They said young boys, 15, 16, <coughs> excuse me, maybe even a little bit younger in some cases, being brought to sex parties. And this was sent to me. This documentary was sent to me and I decided I needed to investigate it. So for the last month, I've been invest last month and a half, I've been investigating the story about this tape called the true story of Gordon B. Hinckley. I did all the research I could trying to track down every single person who's named in the video, the per people who talk in the video, 
references, places, etc. And we've been digging and digging and digging. And it has come to this three-part investigation, which, as I said, I released one week ago. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. If that's all you care about and you got the summary, then see you later. But for those of you who want to get the details, which I hope you will, honestly, because I spent a lot of time and energy on this. And I'm going to try not to get sucked into a rant complaining about how much the independent alternative media suck. Yes, they're better than the mainstream, but um, a lot of what you guys consider to be journalism or accept as journalism is not journalism. It's just people talking. It's speculation. But I actually went to the effort to call people, to email people, to track people down. Oh, you know, actual investigative journalism, not just talking on YouTube and complaining and telling you a fourth perspective on the mainstream news. Okay, I said I wasn't going to get into a rant, so let me stop there. But I did real journalism here, and I hope that you guys will support my work because of that. Because this is not doing these kinds of reports and focusing on this stuff. This doesn't get you a lot of money, guys. And sitting here and saying that for, uh, you know, focusing on one story for five weeks or more, it's it's difficult. And the independent media, people expect you to pump out new content, pump out new content. And that's why a lot of those so-called independent media are now clickbait. And I refuse to turn into clickbait. I'm going to stay doing investigative, deep, thorough journalism, but I need your support. So please, at the very, very least, the least you can do, press a button and go to theconsciousresistance.com and bookmark my website. Check it once or twice a week so you can see all of my latest reports. Stop depending on social media to uh, make sure you see my reports. And most important, if you can actually go the extra mile, I encourage you to go to theconsciousresistance.com slash invest. And you can find out ways to support my efforts. I accept cryptocurrencies. That's pretty much it at this point. I do have a P.O. box. You can send cash in the mail. You can send uh, whatever you want to send. Love, matter, love letters, hate mail, whatever. I'll take it all. I appreciate especially the financial support. And the reason I say that, and I'm spending a second on this, I know some of you are going to say, oh, my God, it's like a commercial. How dare somebody actually ask to be paid for their work and time and energy? What a horrible person that actually wants to be compensated for their time. Um, the reason I'm focusing on this, guys, is because if you see the website on the screen right now at theconsciousresistance.com slash invest, since this entire year, I've, I gave up Patreon. I gave up $1,000 extra a month I was getting from Patreon because not only because I don't want to support Patreon because they're censoring people, but because a lot of you told me you don't want to support Patreon either. So I gave up Patreon. I gave up PayPal. So the only way you can support my work is to send me crypto, send me cash at the P.O. box or to buy T-shirts from the Conscious Resistance store, which you can find right here on our front page. Buy the shirts. That's the little it costs 25 bucks. And that little bit goes into my pocket so that I can keep doing this kind of work. So I'll say that. And uh, that's it. So I'm also going to include the link. It's already in wherever you're watching from. Look at the link below. There's a link to this page. This is the Justice Delayed Investigation. The full title is Justice Delayed, an investigation to Gordon B. Hinckley and Walton Hunter. And this is uh, at thelastamericanvagabond.com. And when you scroll down on this page, you can see part one, part two, and part three, which I just published. So I'm going to give you the overview of all three of these parts. I humbly request that you actually make, make the time to go read them because I don't, you know, I, I write articles so that they're hopefully read. Um, but uh, I do these videos because I know a lot of you don't have all the time in the world to, uh, you know, to, uh, to, to do all this research that I'm doing. So I'm trying to make it easy for you. Um, and I hope that this is easy because it wasn't easy researching it. It's never easy researching this stuff. I spent the last three months researching sexual abuse in Utah. I spent the last six weeks 
investigating sexual abuse in the Mormon church, specifically related to Gordon B. Hinckley. And as I said, I was sent this tape, the true story of Gordon B. Hinckley, which is on my website. It's at The Last American Vagabond. If you scroll through this article, this is part one that I'm, I'm looking showing you on screen. You can see here, Ryan has it embedded on Rumble. So you can watch it on Rumble on The Last American Vagabond's channel. You can watch it on The Conscious Resistance, BitChute, Odyssey, Rockfin, etc., etc., etc. This documentary hasn't been seen in 30 years, and the Mormon Church clearly went to some effort to keep it off the internet. And I, I did my due diligence. I emailed the Mormon Church two times, letting them know that we were going to publish this report, asking them if they wanted to make a statement or comment on it. Now, since we're not mainstream media, they probably don't care. They figure they can just ignore us. And unfortunately, since this doesn't have a sexy headline, most of you are ignoring it, and it's it sucks. But um, I guess sooner or later, I'll just become clickbait and then I'll get all the numbers, all the hits, all the views. But in the meantime, this investigation looked at the tape. And as I mentioned, I went through every single name on this tape and tried to understand you know, who these people were, tried to track them down. So let me just show you some of that for those of you who can see on screen right now. You see right now the name Bill Clauden. He was the director of the investigation into uh, Gordon B. Hinckley in the late 80s. Here he is on screen. You can see him there speaking. Um, he's deceased. That's the probably the worst part about a lot of this is that most of the people involved are dead. Here's Ben Pelham. He was a Mormon, member of the Mormon church, who was also, he says, a witness to the sex parties that went on. Uh, and he's one of the people that says he saw young boys. I have been unable to find him. This is Ben Pelham. If anybody out there can do better research or track people down than me. Ben Pelham, who lived in Utah in the 60s, uh, 70s, and 80s, at least around that time. Ben Pelham, Benjamin Pelham, perhaps. He says he saw young boys. We can't find him. This is Charles Van Dam. Charles Van Dam claimed that he had a homosexual relationship with Gordon B. Hinckley. He's dead of AIDS now. He was also one of the people who said that he saw young boys there. He was involved to a certain degree, and we know for a fact that his that he did have a relationship with Mormon President Gordon B. Hinckley. Now, at the time, Gordon B. Hinckley was only an apostle in the church, but he was still a pretty high up person. And uh, he went on to say, as I said, to become president of the church, and um, this whole thing was forgotten, never exposed. This next person is Louis Sims. Now, Louis Sims, he was an employee of the Hunter Motor Company. So now let me back up a little bit. Like I said, this tape, the accusations involved claims that Gordon B. Hinckley and another man named Walton Hunter, who was a bishop in the church, were involved in sex parties with young boys, prostitutes, all kind of people. And they said that this happened at a house in Salt Lake City, as well as an apartment above the car lot, because Alvin and Walton Hunter were brothers who owned the Hunter Motor Company car lot. And they... Uh, you know, they, they had employees, including this man, the man you're seeing on screen. His name is Luis Sims. He was a Hunter Motor uh, Company employee. And he, he you know, he's also a, a, a witness. So let me show you if I can pull this up. One other thing here, because as I said, I've been trying to track down everybody. And unfortunately, I think we found Luis Sims. I haven't been able to find him. I hadn't been able to find him at the time of publication, but I believe we just found him. I believe Luis Sims died earlier this year, unfortunately, that he died. And um, you guys tell me, what do y'all think? Do y'all think it's the same man? I think it's the same man. I've been studying this picture all day. Here's Louis Sims right there. Here, actually, let me just show you all my Twitter account. I have a better, uh, better lineup shot, as you can see. 
basically I, fa- I found a Louis Sims who seems to be about the right age, but he he's dead now. He died earlier this year in January. So you guys tell me what you see here. Here's Louis Sims from the documentary Truth About Gordon B. Hinckley. Check out the nose, flat, a little bit wide nose. Look, he's got eyebrows, but they're not super thick. They're kind of light, even though he's maybe in his 30s here. Um, facial features, look at the smile lines right here, right? The cheeks, and then check out this. So there's another man. I believe we found him, and I believe he's dead, unfortunately. He died in January peacefully, they said. Um, and some people on Twitter don't think it's the same man. I do. I, I'm convinced it's the same one. Uh, I've tried to track down his wife. Uh, I think she might have just passed away literally a week ago. So this kind of reemphasizes why we need people who have information to speak out as soon as possible. So that's Louis Sims. Let me go to the next person on here. If you just tuned in, where I'm showing you the documentary, The True Story of Gordon B. Hinckley. That's Gordon B. Hinckley right there, which was sent to me by a source over a month ago, and we've been investigating and trying to track down all these people to see if we can confirm their story, corroborate it, or if it, you know, if they made it up, maybe they made it up. But in my investigation, we've shown that there's some merit at the least to further investigate. Unfortunately, as you're seeing, a lot of the people are dead now. So here's another woman, Viola Gallo, sex party witness. Again, she said she was there. There's Viola right there. And let me see if we have her. Yeah. So here you can see, here's her right there. And here's an obituary. Let me show you this picture. This picture is super small, so it's kind of hard to see. Uh, let me see how zoomed in we can get. I mean, this is going to be pretty bad. Like, it's going to be really grainy. That's her younger. But look, if you see her here, cheekbones. I know it's like if you guys are watching on the phone, this is probably impossible to see. But come back and watch the video, or I'll, I'll post the link. That's Viola Gallo. She died known as Viola Romero, and she has a husband. I haven't been able to find the husband. I haven't been able to find their daughters or children either but they're all probably alive. And she passed away in 2013 with, and and this is from the Salt Lake Tribune. So she was still in the Salt Lake city area, even though, you know, she testified about um, witnessing Mormon leadership at sex parties. So she's gone. Charles Van Dam's gone. Louise Sims gone. Ben Pelham. We can't find him. Bill Clauden gone. Those are all the witnesses that we got at the moment. And then the rest of the documentary you can watch on your own. So as I said, I've spent the last few months trying to track down these people to see if I could verify their story. These claims of uh, sexual abuse by Mormon leadership, Gordon B. Hinckley, who went on to become president of the church. Now, Gordon B. Hinckley is a very important person because Gordon B. Hinckley, he, he sort of modernized the church. You know, he helped by TV stations, radio stations. Um, he helped them create the Bonneville Corporation, which is basically a Mormon corporation that produces even streaming shows. You might be watching shows you didn't know it's produced by the Mormon church. Uh, and yeah, so he was an important person. So it makes sense that they would try to cover this up. Now we have allegations of abuse of young boys that I mentioned. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and read you some of the quotes here from the different people that I just showed you on screen. Ben Pelham, who's the first gentleman, said, I did see Alvin, Walter, and Hinckley go up to the apartment with prostitutes. I guess they were prostitutes and young boys. These parties were frequented all the time by the hunters. That's Alvin and Walton Hunter. We're going to talk more about him in just a moment. And Mr. Hinckley and some other church officials. And they weren't there to play poker. 
Charles Van Dam accused Hinckley of having, quote, anal intercourse with feminine looking boys. And he says, quote, youngsters, I'm talking about 15, 16 year olds, just little youngsters, babies. Uh, Viola Gallo said that she said, quote, I remember hearing them saying, calling him Gordon Hinckley. And I was introduced to him one time. And there was a couple of young boys one night at a party, I would say around 15 or 16. And they went off to a bedroom together, Mr. Hinckley and the boys, two boys, in fact. And they were in there for quite a while, she says. So all that alone is like, okay, this is kind of crazy. I will say this, that <clears throat> one of the things that intrigued me and made me want to do this story was because as I, as I said, like, it's really rare that you find something um, on the internet that has never been, or that you find something that has never been published on the internet. So when somebody contacted me and said, Hey, I have a VHS tape from the 1980s called the true story of Gordon B. Hinckley. Would you like to get a copy of it? I was interested and I started doing my research and I, you can't find this tape anywhere. This tape is not on BitChute, not on Odyssey, not on Rockfin, not on Rumble, not on any of the other really random, uh, you know, band dot whatever video. It's not there. It's not there. It's not there. I couldn't find it anywhere. And I only found a couple of references to it, even like people who even knew it was a, a thing on the exmormons.org uh, website, which is like a forum for ex-Mormons. So outside of Mormon country, this video is, is really not known. And <clears throat> that alone was intriguing to me. It's like, wow, okay, somebody wants to send me something that hasn't been seen in 30 years and I can't even find it on the internet. Yes, please send it to me. And I got it sent over to me. And um, we started investigating and I actually have another tape that we're going to be releasing very soon. And I, maybe I'll show you guys a little bit of it today. Um, so as I start to investigate it, you know, what do I have? I have a 30 year old tape about claims from 1960s, 70s, 1965, I think, as they said, the time period when this was supposedly happening. Five people, an investigator and then four other witnesses claiming that they witnessed this. Four of them are dead. Five of them now are dead that I know for sure. One is probably dead. <clears throat> the person who was accused, Gordon B. Hinckley, he's dead. And at first I had to ask myself, like journalistically, like, does this story matter? Should I, you know, should I bother putting this out there? Or is this just going to be more noise, more kind of salacious rumors about, oh, who molested who? Because guys, I know a lot of you obsess over the Epsteins and the Kevin Spaceys and the Ezra Millers and all the celebrities and, oh, was Trump involved? Were the Clintons involved? But I take this shit very seriously. I'm reading documents of people being sexually, physically abused and raped by their own family members in some cases, and in some cases by cults or by, you know, just sickos. And I don't care if you know their names or not, if they're famous or not. I care that somebody's got to tell this story. And so in the end, I decided it was worth releasing this story because, you know, if I don't talk about this, then these people, their story will never be heard. And as I said, a lot of them are passing on and the people who were accused have passed on, but that doesn't mean everybody involved for, I mean, think about this. If Gordon B. Hinckley was guilty of the things that he's guilty of, and there was an effort to cover this up, that, that means he had church attorneys involved, that there were probably other members of the church who knew, or at least were aware of the accusations and helped to shut them down. People probably made an effort to silence certain people, maybe even threaten some people. Because look, as I've been investigating this, and I've talked to dozens and dozens of sources, who are familiar with the church, involved with the church in different ways. And I've been told more than once, you're sticking your head in the lion's mouth. You need to be careful. You know, the, the Mormon church works close with the FBI and the CIA. You know, I've been told by people who that they've been wiretapped when they started doing the same investigation I'm doing back in the 80s. Now, maybe so much time has passed that the Mormon church doesn't care anymore. And it's like, whatever, who cares? They're going to just let it out. But the point is that 
I think it matters. I think that these people's stories should be told. So if you don't know the name Gordon B. Hinckley or you don't know the name Walton Hunter, I'm sorry that, that they're not so you can get, but they're sickos who have been accused of certain things. And I think we can confirm that they definitely did happen in the case of Walton Hunter, as I'm about to share with you. And at the very least, you know, shouldn't we give the victims or alleged victims a chance to tell their story? Because statutes of limitations, you can't take this to court. Uh, it's he said versus she, she said in a civil lawsuit. So what good is that going to do? And then again, most of these people are dead. They've passed away without ever seeing justice. And, and for whatever reason, Viola Gallo, Louis Sims, Ben Pelham, Charles Van Dam, and everybody in this video on the true story about Gordon B. Hinckley, they chose to speak up. They chose to put themselves potentially at risk for this tape. And then this tape was printed. They, what I was told is that they made thousands and thousands of VHS tapes and they started showing this tape to different churches. Now, most of the churches weren't interested, but the churches that were open-minded, they showed them and said, hey, here's some claims against Gordon B. Hinckley. And then the church got upset. The church tried to come after um, the people who were releasing it and they threatened to sue them. So let's go back to my first part of my article. For those of you who are just joining us, this is Derek Bros, and I'm going over my three-part investigation, Justice Delayed, which was published a week ago on the lastamericanvagabond.com. And so we've covered the tape now. You guys get what the tape's about. The tape, you can watch it there. You can go to my website. It's there. Go check it out. You can watch it later. It's about 30 minutes long. But it's not just a tape from 30 years ago that is the evidence I'm presenting. I actually have a secondary, a, a, another corroborating witness, a man named Daryl Clegg, who was alive until just a few years ago. Unfortunately, again, he died in 2017. But he, he was around during this time, and he was working with Bill Clauden. Bill Clauden, let me go back up, was the first man that is shown in the documentary here, who is the man actually conducting the investigation. Let me go back here. See it right about here. Bill Clauden was the first man that started investing. Well, I don't want to say he was the first, but he was the, one of the lead investigators along with there's you know some other names. But again, they've all since deceased. And Bill Clauden, though, he didn't work alone. He, he had other friends and people collaborating with him on this investigation. And one of those people who became his associate was a man named Daryl Clegg. So if you're watching on the screen right now, you're about to see who Bill Clauden is. If you want to see his face. Again, he's, he's since passed away. That's Bill Clauden right now. He's having a press conferences back in the 80s when he's announcing, you know, that he this guy said that he got sworn affidavits from all the witnesses that he was able to gather. They interviewed them. They apparently have hours and hours of footage where we only have a 30 minute video. There's maybe somewhere still existing out there. Hours and hours of footage of these witnesses describing everything they saw. But they turned it into this little do mini documentary. And Bill Clauden was that investigator. Well, Daryl Clegg was working with Bill Clauden. As I write here, uh, Daryl Clegg was an associate of Bill Clauden's who met several of the witnesses, and he attended a meeting with the lawyer representing Hinckley. And he tells the story in these short clips I have of how the lawyer for Hinckley basically said, like, hey, you need to back off this case. You need to get, you know, you guys need to recant and say that this is false. And um, he tells the story that once they told him that they had printed thousands of copies of this tape that the lawyer was like, Oh my God, he threw his hands up and it was like, okay, well we can't get rid of that. And I don't know what exactly happened after that. But as I said, the tape never made it onto the internet and it, it's pretty much disappeared. And it was only sent to me because somebody held on to it. 
And they also gave us footage of this. This is Daryl Clegg, this man that you're seeing on screen. Daryl Clegg is, again, the friend of Bill Clauden, who is witness to the investigation. He recorded his essentially his last testimony in 2014, and he asked for it not to be released until he died. And he died in 2017, so it's taken about five years for this to you know get to the public. It came out to me, and now here we are. You know, again, all the people have dead are de are dead, and it's hard to confirm much of these things. But Daryl Clegg is at least another witness. So we have the tape, and the witnesses on there, and the statements they made, and then we have Daryl Clegg, who was in. in you know, at least partially involved in the investigation led by Bill Clauden, stating that these things were true. Uh, he, he recounts the witness uh, meeting with the, the attorney. He said he even offered him money to pay him off. But Bill said, you don't have enough money to make me lie like that. Um, he goes on to say that um, he was a witness to Bill Clauden's excommunication because Bill Clauden, the investigator, he was also a Mormon. And because he was investigating Gordon B. Hinckley, they kicked him out of the church. And so Daryl Clegg also kind of corroborates that. And uh, yeah, we have some more testimony there from Daryl Clegg. So just to kind of reiterate, we have a, a tape from 30 years ago that has five witnesses claiming that former Mormon president Gordon B. Hinckley and Walton Hunter, who was also a bishop in the church, were involved with sex parties with prostitutes and young boys. And we also have a man named Daryl Clegg, who was at least partially involved in the investigation, giving a separate testimony in 2014, saying that he knew these things to be true. He died in 2017, and this information was then slowly released. And so now I have copies of Daryl Clegg giving his testimony. We have copies of the Gordon B. Hinckley tape, and it's all now out in the public. As I mentioned a couple of moments ago, I, uh, I did you know reach out to the church. Now, I haven't been paying attention to comments, but one comment just caught my eye because I didn't want to really go down this rabbit hole because it's a little bit of a rabbit hole. But somebody mentioned it, so we might as well. Ryan Carson says, did you watch The Godmakers 2? Perhaps those filmmakers are worth reaching out to. Yes. So, uh, again, if, you're, if, you if you understand the story so far, try not to get confused So you know, at this point. But in the 1980s and the 90s, there were two movies that came out, one called Godmaker, The Godmakers and then The Godmakers 2. These were produced by a company called Jeremiah Films, which is still around. You can go out and buy the, you could still buy the uh, digital copies or DVD copies of uh, the Godmakers at jeremiahfilms.com, I think on their website. Well, again, most of the people involved with uh, Patrick, who is, I think, the guy behind God, uh, Jeremiah Films, he's dead now. Um, but Godmakers focuses more about Mormon rituals and says that some of the Mormon rituals are actually satanic or they're Freemasons or things of that sort. And that wasn't the focus of my investigation. But part of Godmakers 2 does include short clips of the video that I have, the video of uh, the true story of Gordon B. Hinckley, but it's only small snippets. So that's why I didn't really talk about Godmakers, Ryan, and bring it into the story because I feel like it's unnecessary. Godmakers is kind of has its own baggage and its own uh, you know, infamy. People think it was not credible and things of that sort. So although some of the same people were kind of related to this and I have contacted them, I reached out to all those people, the ones that are living, I've spoke to anybody you can think of that's connected to this, that is alive has probably received a phone call or an email from me in the last few weeks. And in fact, I was just told today that I can have access to the Jeremiah films archive they have hours and hours of interviews, they said, and I don't know if it's related to Gordon B. Hinckley or anything, but they basically said they're going to send me a sheet of all the interviews they have available still, 
um, in their archive and then I can get access to whatever I want. So that could potentially lead to new things. That's the whole thing is like once you put out an investigation, it's a lot of behind the scenes work for six weeks or more. And then I dropped one, two, three articles last week. And then now people are starting to send me more stuff. I've gotten new leads just since we've started doing this report. So um, that's part one of my investigation. Uh, I know we're already 30 minutes into this video, but if you've got a little bit more time, guys, uh, give me some thumbs up, some likes, all that, wherever you're watching. I appreciate that. Go to theconsciousresistance.com, bookmark our website, go to the invest page. If you can support me, seriously, I don't do Patreon, any of that stuff. So five bucks a month, if you got it, send it my way. It'll help me go a long way. But if you got a few more minutes, I want to cover part two and three because these are connected. And this is where the investigation got even bigger. Like I thought this tape was a big part and Daryl Clegg, and it was going to originally just be about that until literally about a week ago. And then I found there was a new thread to, to explore. So let's go back to the articles. So that was part one. Recovered documentary uncovers accusations of child abuse against former president Gordon B. Hinckley. All right. And then if you go down to part two, daughters of former Mormon bishop Walton Hunter accuse father of rape. So now this is where things get a little weird and even more disturbing. Now I mentioned that the accusations against Gordon B. Hinckley. Now, Gordon B. Hinckley is, of course, the focus because he was the more well-known person. He was the president of the church. Gordon B. Hinckley is accused of doing these sex parties and stuff at an apartment above the Hunter Motor Car Company. And remember, Louis Sims was an employee of the Hunter Motor Car Company, and he was like, yeah, I saw the women coming in, and I helped out get women sometimes. Well, the Hunter Motor Company is owned by Alvin and Walton Hunter. These are two brothers who we know for a fact had a friendship, a close friendship, according to many people, with Gordon B. Hinckley. And they were seen by many people at the Hunter Motor Car a lot. Gordon B. Hinckley was seen there. Obviously, the Walton, uh, Walton and Alvin Hunter were there because they owned it. Uh, at least Walton uh, Hunter owned it. And so initially, my investigation was just focusing on the tape and what Gordon B. Hinckley was up to, because obviously the tape's titled The True Story of Gordon B. Hinckley. But then I decided last weekend before we published, I told myself, watch the tape one more time, listen slowly and carefully and make sure you didn't miss anything. And then I listened to Louis Sims, who was the, the gentleman who was a witness that I said just died you know, earlier this year. And he said something along the lines of, I think Gordon B. Hinckley was the one who gave Walton Hunter his bishopship. And that just set off at a, you know, a light bulb alarm bell in my head. Like, wait, hold on. If this guy was a bishop in the church too, that means there's church records. That means there's going to be an obituary about him if he's still, if he's dead. That means I can find him. So, you know, I was off to the races and I dove in deeper and tried to, you know, see where it led me to. And it basically led me to these two articles here, uh, which essentially what I found out, again, here's the quick summary for those that don't have a lot of time, because I know sometimes I can be long-winded. Walton Hunter was a bishop in the church. And as I dove into his life and I found his obituary and I found his names of his daughter and his his other children, I went looking and I realized that Walton Hunter's own daughter wrote a book called Deliver Us From Evil, where she describes how her father, Walton Hunter, a bishop in Salt Lake City in the Mormon church, raped her her entire young you know, childhood. And then she would later find out that her sister was raped by her father as well. This is Bishop Walton Hunter, and this is what part two and three focus on. I wrote part two, Daughters of Foreman Mormon Bishop Walton Hunter Accused Father of Rape, um, and we published it last week. 
And then afterwards, I actually talked to the daughters. I found, you know, they contacted me. We got in touch with each other and they shared more. And that's what part three is about. But as I said, I found Walton Hunter's obituary and his obituary says how he was so great. He helped out the church. He spread love and all this good stuff. But it doesn't mention that he was accused of sexually abusing his own daughters or that he was excommunicated from the church in uh, later years in California because of the accusations by his adult daughters that he had been raping them and that he had abused one of his at least one of his own grandchildren. And this is all written in the book, uh, Deliver Us From Evil, which was published in 2014 by his daughter, Deborah Hunter Marsh. And I read the book last weekend. It made me cry a couple times. It's pretty disturbing. Um, you know, it's it's just, it's fucked up. You know, I, I, that's all I can really say. It's just, it's fucked up. And yeah, so she describes being abused, raped by her father, you know, emotional abuse, mental abuse, and just all these different things. She also mentions the the tape without saying it. She mentions that an unknown Mormon official was supposedly involved. She doesn't name Gordon B. Hinckley by name, but she names Louis Sims, Charles Van Damme. So those people were real. They did work at the car lot. The daughter of the man who owned it is confirming that for us. And uh, yeah, and I tell the story in here, basically how like, you know, by time they tried to go after her father for this statute of limitations, the daughters were grown adults. They couldn't do anything about it. Whenever they found out one of the kids had been abused by the grandpa, the kid was too traumatized to testify. So they couldn't take him to court. They did eventually sue him in a civil lawsuit. And you can see on screen, I found the court records um, in California, San Diego, California. And if you you know, if, so if anybody has any doubts that this is real, that this took place, like, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. We have the court records at least to show, you don't necessarily have to believe the claims, but at least to show this case exists. It did happen. Here you see on, on uh, screen, 1994 is when this case, San Diego, Debbie Marsh, and then at the bottom, June, which is her mom, and Walton, Hunt, Walton Hunter. There you go. The same Walton Hunter who was accused of Gordon B. Hinckley of being involved in sex parties with prostitutes and kids is raping his own daughters and abusing them. And that was what part two is about. Then, as I said, I once we published that, I actually was able to speak to the daughters and we published this third part a couple days ago. And if you haven't read this, please, please, please read it. Guys, I, I checked the numbers this morning. This third article has been read less than a hundred times. The other ones, they've got thousands of views. I'm, I'm thankful for that. And, and this one, Daughters of Foreman Mormon Bishop, that one has, you know, it's got 10,000 plus views already. I wish we had 100,000, but thank you to everybody who's watching that. Probably because it has rape in the title. And again, people are drawn to, you know, crazy dramatic things. But please, these women's stories need to be told. Read the third article. If you haven't, read the third article because I actually get to quote from them. And they both stand by their stories. And they even came out and they say now, Deborah Hunter Marsh at least, she says she thinks that the accusations against Gordon B. Hinckley were true. And she says that he was guilty of, quote, way more. She says that some of her close friends told her not to put his name in the book originally, and she chose to do that. But now she told me in 2022, she, she does believe Gordon B. Hinckley is guilty of what he was accused of. I also spoke to her sister, Rebecca Cap, who was a raped, who was raped by her father, Walton Hunter. She said that she also remembers seeing Gordon B. Hinckley at the father's car lot. She remembers, you know, conversations about um, Mormon missions between her dad and Gordon B. Hinckley. She's also very angry at her father and her mother because the mother knew that the daughters were being raped. The mother saw, they say she had to have seen the blood and the bodily fluids in the bed, and she did nothing about it. The mom walked in one time when the dad was forcing the daughter to give him 
oral sex and called her a slut and walked out and didn't do anything about it. Right. I mean, these are the just sick, depraved things that took place. And um, I was able to find them and track down and told them, like, look, for whatever little solace it is, we're writing about this. We're investigating it. We're exposing your father, even if the church doesn't want to acknowledge that. I guarantee you they covered this up. At least some people in the church had to have known this is going on. And that's what she told me. They said there's no way that they didn't know that this was going on with their father. And Rebecca Cap, one of the daughters, said, I know in my heart my dad was not just a child molester. He was evil. It extended to other areas of his life. It was anything he could get his hands on. And for further evidence, I also included from their book letters. Whenever Deborah Hunter wanted to try to talk to her parents about her dad's abuse, she started talking to her therapist and said, please, can you set up a meeting? So here's her therapist in 1989 writing a letter to her parents saying, please come meet with us and your daughter so we can talk about this. But the parents were like, no, you're brainwashing her. We're not going to come. We're not going to participate. And then after they couldn't get legal re repercussions, they said, well, we're going to go after dad's um, church. We're going to get him excommunicated from the church. I apologize. I think my camera just died. Sorry, guys, it wasn't charged. Don't worry. You don't need to see my face. The information is way more important. Um, and they tried to get him excommunicated from the church. They said, well, look, OK, if we can't go after him legally, if we... You know, we can't, you know, they couldn't really do anything. The, the law wouldn't do anything. So they thought, well, maybe then at the least we can get him kicked out of the church so that nobody else can be hurt, right? That nobody else, um, yeah, nobody else can be hurt by his actions. And that's what they decided to do. So they went to the Mormon church that he was in, in San Diego. He was in Salt Lake City when they were younger. Then as they got older, he went to, um, uh, he went to San Diego. And here's the letter where the 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 stake president which is the name of the position in the mormon church alan gunnerson he's a real person you can look him up i think he's dead now um he might still be alive and you see miss debbie marsh 1993 inviting her to come participate in the what they call the disciplinary council and the daughters did eventually go do that they went to the disciplinary council they shared their story and their father was finally excommunicated from the mormon church in san diego but this is after they had been raped by their father for decades. And again, we never know the full story because their father is the same man, Walton Hunter, who was accused uh, along with Gordon B. Hinckley of being involved with these sex parties with these young uh, boys and with prostitutes and things like that. So I, I don't know what to say, guys. I mean, it, it's not just the tape. It's the tape plus the testimony from... Um, the uh, the other witness, um, Daryl Clegg, and then it's also the daughters of the man. So we have accusations against Gordon B. Hinckley. We've got four witnesses in the videotape, the uh, true story of Gordon B. Hinckley. And then we've got a man from 27, 2014 saying, yes, I was there. I remember this. I witnessed it. It's true. And then in addition, we have the fact that the man who owned the car lot, his own daughters accuse him of rape. I don't know what to tell you guys, but, the, you know, as I was told, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think there's a lot of smoke here. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how to what else to say about it. I think that this is unfortunate that these kind of things happen. And I'm not, you know, this isn't my favorite topic. I honestly hate reporting on these kinds of things. I wish that there was better things for me to there are there's a lot of different things, but I think it's important. I think it's important. OK, Um it's important to talk about this, even if nobody else will. And that's why I focus on these topics. So I appreciate you being willing to listen to me. 
go on about this for 40 minutes because it's not a fun topic, but it is important. And as I told Deborah Hunter Marsh, I'm doing this for you, for the victims, not because, oh, I want to, you know, go after or attack the Mormon church or because I want to get credibility for breaking this story. Although I'm, I feel good about doing journalistic work. That feels good. But I'm doing this for the fact that Daryl Clegg told his testimony before he died and he didn't get to speak publicly. The fact that all the people who are on the tape are dead now and haven't been able to share their story. The fact that the daughters of Walton Hunter were abused and their lives in many ways were shattered and their grandchildren. You know, the, the, the grandchild who was abused by his grandpa, Walton Hunter, he died of a, a you know overdose in the last two years. And his whole life was was very difficult from what I was told. And I would definitely say that was the consequence of the, the, the abuse, the sexual abuse he had by his own grandfather. So there are real victims, real people involved in this. And that's why I decided to dedicate six weeks to this. That's why I decided to do three articles about this. And I also, let me mention this too, I did a, a, an additional one. I pretty much just gave you guys the summary, but if you're curious, I did write this blog as well. So we have three articles, we got the documentary and this blog I wrote called How the Justice Delayed Investigation Finally Came to Light. And if you want some more behind the scenes, just kind of learning how I work. And I talk about some of the synchronicities that happen in here because you know, I, I have that. Whenever I know I'm working on the right case, synchronicities start to happen. And I start to just, it's like information just gets handed to me or falls in my lap. And I've worked hard to make it happen, but it's just it gets, it's a sign that I choose to take that I'm in the on the right path and headed the right way. So you can check that as well at theconsciousresistance.com. All this stuff is linked below, guys. The three-part investigation, justice delayed. Please, 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 please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Send it to email. Send it in a text. You know, don't just dump it into the abyss of social media. If you really care, if you want these women's stories to be told, these victim stories to be told, these survivors' stories to be told, then make an effort to share it because I made a damn hard effort to write it, to investigate it, to research it and to report on it. And I've done a couple of interviews now. I've got a few more interviews lined up that I'll be talking about this this week. And as I said, I'm still getting sent more information. So I don't think this is over. I think I'm probably going to have more to say about this in the coming weeks. And um, yeah. And if you can support my work, please go to theconsciousresistance.com slash invest, theconsciousresistance.com slash invest to make sure I can continue to do this, guys. It really means a lot. And as I said, you can send me love mail or hate mail to my PO box, which is listed on that address, theconsciousresistance.com slash invest. Now, since you made it all the way to this video this far, and I'd like to conclude, if you're just, for those just tuning in, my camera died, so apologies for the black screen. But if you made it this far, I want to give you a special treat. And that is a sneak peek of the other video that we are going to be releasing. Uh, that was sent to me. Let me see if I got it here. I got to dig around, guys. Um, I got it in my files. Yep, here it is. This is another video that was sent to me about... It's not the same topic. It's a similar topic. It deals with what is sometimes known as SRA. For those of you who know what SRA means, then you know what I'm talking about. And... Well, let me just go ahead and play a second of it. How about I do that? Shut up and stop stalling here so let me screenshot that all right so this is the last thing i'll do before i wrap up for today um here we go this is you guys can see that probably on screen now very grainy um okay so very grainy this is a 
live. This is a broadcast from, I think, the mid-90s of a report by a journalist named Brad Edwards who worked for Oklahoma City News in the 90s. That's Brad Edwards on the right side of the screen. If you can see from the crappy quality of this, this was recorded off somebody's home TV set with a VHS. For those of you who've been around a little longer, you remember what that's all about. And here you can see the screenshot. News Channel 4, Brad Edwards. Are the children lying with the pentagram upside down? This is a 38-minute video which basically follows Brad Edwards' report uh, for a week. What I found out was that he had this segment called In Your Corner where he's like, you know, I'm in your corner fighting for you. And for a week in the 90s, I don't know when exactly this aired. I haven't been able to find out. But sometime in the 90s for a week, he did a special broadcast about SRA and called it Are the Children Lying? And so for every night on the, the primetime night of this of this report, he's like, OK, tune in tonight as we talk about SRA and claims of abuse by cults and, you know, things of that sort. And they have just interviews with kids sharing some messed up things. And again, this report probably aired on one time on TV and has probably never been seen again. But I'm doing some more investigating into it and we will be releasing it pretty soon. So I'm excited to share that with you guys as well. And again, if that's thanks to the sources that send me information. That wouldn't happen unless I had sources out there willing to share this info with me. So if you've got information out there and you need it to get out, please reach out to me. My email is into the light at protonmail.com, into the light at protonmail.com. As in, let's drag all these sick fucks out of the darkness into the light at protonmail.com. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please visit theconsciousresistance.com. That's it. I'll see you next time. Remember, you are powerful, you are beautiful, and you are free. Peace. Since 2012, the Conscious Resistance Network has been an independent media organization focused on empowering individuals through education, philosophy, health, and community organizing. We work to create a world where corporate and state power do not rule over the lives of free human beings. Our motto is leading by example and helping others in their pursuit of freedom. Visit theconsciousresistance.com to find our articles, documentaries, interviews, podcasts, books, and more. Remember, you are powerful, you are beautiful, and you are free.